Welcome to Come Magnify the Lord with Me podcast hosted by Becky Dameron. Becky was saved at a young age and reared in a Christian home. At an early age, she sought for a special relationship, Jesus Christ. As her love for Jesus grew, so did her love for His Word. Becky has enjoyed leading ladies' Bible studies, speaking at ladies' conferences, and sharing the gospel with anyone willing to listen. We hope you have your Bible and are ready to dive into studying God's amazing book. We finished up last time where Satan is tempting Jesus and he's using scripture to do so. And we were talking about how he still does this to this day. He takes partial scripture to say whatever he wants it to say. He will take scripture and twist the meaning of it. And this is seen all around us. Cults are started this way. Uh, Sometimes people excuse the most terrible sins using scripture sometimes. I've heard drunkards say, oh, the Bible says drink a little wine for your stomach's sake. That is taking scripture and twisting it. And we're going to see what Jesus says that what we're doing when we do that and how dangerous it is. But I wanted to talk a little bit about an idea to get a clearer picture in our heads of what sometimes Christians will do. And that is we take what the Bible says and we act again independently of God. Remember here, Satan is telling Jesus, jump off. You can, you're going to be safe. Jump off. You're, you're uh, God's child. You are God. You're, you're, you can do this. And he does the same thing with us. And let me give you an example. So there's a passage of scripture where Jesus is talking about what is going to happen to those that follow him and share the gospel. And one of the places where he talks about this is in Mark, and I'm going to read it, and then we're going to explain what people do to twist it and tempt the Lord God with what is said here. So in Mark 16, 17, 18, it says, and these signs shall follow them that believe in my name shall they cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them, they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So what Jesus was saying is those, if I read the whole passage, you see those that are believing in him and sharing the gospel, they were going to be protected. There are people to this day, there are churches to this day that have snakes in the church because they want to prove that they are saved. And so they can pick up a snake and the snake doesn't bite them. My friend, this is not what the scripture's saying. You have to compare scripture with scripture. And that's exactly what Jesus is going to do when he comes back at Satan. You have to take all of scripture. As I've said, sometimes when I'm reading through something, I can say something wrong because I didn't follow through and read all of scripture. We have to compare scripture with scripture. And if you have a conflict that you're not sure of, well, then you study it out. Well, just like this, this was not something that happened in the new church there at Jerusalem. They didn't bring snakes in. They weren't drinking poison, which 
some churches will do and people have died because of it? No, that's not what they were doing. But what has happened is just what was recorded in uh, the book of Acts, where Paul was collecting all the limbs for starting a fire and there was a snake in there. He did not see it. The snake latches onto his hand, bites him, but instead of falling over dead, he was healed. God protected him. That is what Jesus is saying here. Not that we just can go drink anything. When it's our time to die, if we're supposed to be a martyr for Christ, we will die. But up until that time, we are protected. And although we can go through very hard things, God says he's going to take care of us. I know of stories from China right now and in communist countries where God has done miraculous things and people have seen unbelievable miracles because it wasn't their time to die yet. It was their time to keep sharing the gospel. That's what this passage is saying. And if we look at all of scripture, then we know that is something taken out of context when people are bringing snakes into their church or drinking uh, cyanide and things like that. That's wrong. And this is what the devil is trying to do. And that's what the devil does today to us. He wants us to get sidetracked from the gospel. These churches that do this, are they sharing the gospel like they should? No, people think that they're kooks. What, what do they think of whenever they hear people drink and poison? They think of Jimmy Jones as he took those people down into uh, another country and they drank Kool-Aid and died. Uh, this is what they think of. So that's not sharing the gospel. And the devil's laughing his way all around thinking, oh, yeah, I got them to look like fools. And we have to be very careful. And Jesus does the right thing here. Obviously, he's the son of God, but it's given to us. This, this is not just given to us for one purpose. It is there is the purpose of showing that he is king and he is the Messiah. But it's also the Bible's given to us for us to help us. And what does Jesus do? He says, Jesus saith unto him, it is written again. I think that again is important because he's showing us, no, no, no. Look at all of scripture. Don't just take this out of context. It's, he says, it's written again, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. I had a Sunday school teacher teach me once that what Jesus was saying was, Satan, you're not supposed to tempt me. I am God and you're not supposed to be tempting me. That is not what Jesus was saying, although Satan should not have been tempting Jesus. What Jesus is saying is he's saying, why am I not going to listen to you? Because I am not supposed to tempt the Lord thy God. I'm not supposed to just jump off. See that? It's not that, oh, Satan, uh, he's not saying, you shouldn't have said that to me. No, Jesus is saying, I'm not going to jump off of this pinnacle because the Bible tells me, Scripture says, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And if he would have jumped, that would be tempting God. That would be going out of the bounds that God has created for us. For example, if us today, if we went on a bridge and we said, told everybody, I'm a Christian, I'm going to prove that God has saved me and I'm going to jump off this bridge and he's going to save me. That is tempting God. God created the laws of nature and is only 
in his will that those are broken to protect us, not for us to go out and push those limits. We go against God's nature when we do those things. Now, if we were going somewhere and uh, maybe there was a missionary and they are going to try to spread the gospel in this village. I know I've read a story of this happening where he did not know he was going along this path and these men jumped out and they ambushed the missionary. They thought the missionary was left for dead and he had just fallen off the path, but he had not been killed. He got up and he went and shared the gospel. That was God's protection. The missionary wasn't walking along the path and came to a steep part and said, I'm going to jump to prove that God is going to protect me. That's tempting God. So when God says he's going to protect us in what we do, it's in his will. We don't go outside of his will. And Jesus tells us this to help us, to help us to see that when we're tempted to go outside of what he has for us, we mess up. I read a passage that Matthew Henry wrote about this whole temptation, and he's talking about several of them, and I'm going to read it right now because I think it, it will help us to see what I'm trying to say. It says here, As in our great abundance, we must not think to live without God. So in our greatest straits, we must learn to live upon God And when the fig tree does not blossom and the fields yield no meat, when all all ordinary means of support are cut off, yet then we must rejoice in the Lord. Then we must not think to command what we will, though contrary to his command, but we must humbly pray for what he thinks fit to give us and be thankful for the bread of our allowance, though it be short in amount." Let us learn of Christ here to be at God's finding rather than our own and not to take on any irregular courses for our supply when our wants are ever so pressing. Jehovah Jireh, in the same way, will provide for you. God, the Lord, will provide. It's better to live poorly upon the fruits of God's goodness than to live plentifully upon the products of our own sin. So he he was just saying an overall synopsis there of this passage. And so it does refer to the bread there, but he's also referring to this in that we can't just presume upon God's goodness by us doing what we ought to, what we want to do, not what we ought to do, but what we want to do. Here, uh, Jesus, again, quotes in Deuteronomy, you shall not tempt the Lord your God as you tempted him in Massa. And further down in the passage, thou shalt fear the Lord thy God and serve him and shalt swear by his name. Ye shall not go after other gods of the gods of the people which are round about you. For the Lord thy God is a jealous God among you, lest the anger of the Lord thy God be kindled against you and destroy thee from off the face of the earth. All right, that's what we do when we tempt God. How, how can we tempt him? Not only by just doing whatever we want, but also serving other gods, putting anything before God. Here, if Jesus would have jumped, he would be putting himself before what God wanted. And we are tempted very much so to do that. the same thing. We must learn of Jesus and not tempt the Lord thy God. So 
Jesus, I'm sorry, the devil here, he's trying to doubt God's word. He's trying to uh, cause doubt in God's love. Uh, He's trying to cause doubt in who he is, even himself. I'm saying God himself, and he does the same with us. He wants us to doubt God's word. Hath God said, is this really what God said? He wants us to twist things around to get it to say what we want it to say. He wants us to doubt his love. You might be going through a hard time and you have a need and you think, does God really love me? If he loved me, he would provide for me. No, no, no. Don't allow that. You're falling prey to the devil's uh, temptation. And then himself, he wants you to doubt God himself. And that's what we come to as we come to this last uh, temptation here. It says, again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. So where the devil took Jesus, we don't know, but the the what he showed him was even spiritual. He wasn't just showing him places. He wanted to show him the power that could be had in materialism, in in glory here on earth, what the devil had here. And of course, Jesus doesn't want this. He, everything's been given to him already. But what the devil's trying to do is to get him to shortcut. Okay, remember how he said the devil wants to create doubt in God himself? We, we get faced with a temptation where the devil says, you know, God can't take care of this situation. You need to shortcut it. You really don't believe, you don't know that God is going to take care of you. That's what the devil's trying to do here. He's saying, showing him all these uh, uh, kingdoms and the glory and says, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Here, he's he just saying, just this once, just do it one time. He wants to get him to uh, fall for something that he's putting on as wonderful and great. But know this, the devil's promises, you know, when he says, I'm going to give you all these, he's a liar. I think Jesus, uh, I know, Jesus knew the devil was lying. He wasn't going to give him anything if Jesus would bow down and worship him. But besides the fact that the devil's a liar, all these things that he was promising him are empty. They're, they're vain. The, the Bible talks about vain, like, you know, in Ecclesiastes, I was reading that recently, everything's vain and empty. It's a facade. So whenever the devil shows these great kingdoms, this wonderful, it's a facade, it's a fake. But yet we fall for this all the time. Oh, I've seen so many young people, I want to grab them off the path that they're on and saying, you don't know what you're heading for. Hollywood puts out this uh, glamorous lifestyle with all these things and money and whatever you want. But truly, Hollywood is exactly what it's created on. And that is a facade. You know, those towns that they put up and, you know, when you see Mayberry and all that, you know, on, on TV shows, that's fake. There's a, That's a fr- fake front. There's nothing behind it. And in the same way, these kingdoms that Satan was showing Jesus, there was nothing there. Yet he does the same to us. And oh, I'm afraid far too many of us fall to that temptation because we don't really believe God has a kingdom wonderful for us in the future, a heaven 
prepared for us. There's many mansions prepared for us in the future. No, we don't believe that. We fall, we fall all the time. We, we say, oh, yeah, give me this bigger paycheck and I'll not be able to go on soul winning or yeah, I can work on Sundays, uh, even though I don't have to. I'm not talking about somebody who has to, somebody who's caring for the sick. We would talk, we'll talk about that later. But somebody that doesn't have to, oh, oh, you know, maybe I can earn a little bit more money and so I can give more things to my kids, even though I'm not spending time with them. We, we fall for this all the time. I will have to finish this up next time because we're, I'm running out of time. But Heavenly Father, I pray that we would be on guard for the devil's attacks. He's always coming after us, and he has so many devices. But, Lord, I praise you that you are greater than the devil. And just as Jesus, as you defeated the devil, we have that same power within us. We don't have to live defeated lives. Lord, I praise you for that. And I love it that the devil is a defeated foe. I pray that I would live like he's that today, that I would live like he's not this enemy that can defeat me, but that I would live in your power and your strength, that I would I would be careful for him. I would be wary of his devices, but that I would live in your power and your strength that defeats him every time. Thank you for listening to Come Magnify the Lord With Me podcast. Please join Becky Dameron each weekday for a study through the Bible from a woman's perspective. If you've enjoyed this podcast or have any questions, please reach out to Becky through Come Magnify the Lord With Me Facebook page. Until next time, God be with you and may He greatly bless you as you continue to grow through following His Word.